Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. So much to talk about this week. A top of the table clash in the Premier League. A remarkable fight back from the Green Lions. GFC women back in action in the cup. And oh yeah, a Premier League debut as well. Better get to it. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr. With me uh, this week is the Guernsey Press Sports Editor, Gareth DePrevo. Hi Tony. How was your weekend? Uh, very busy. <laughs> Non-stop from Friday through Saturday into Sunday, but uh, all because of good sporting news. So it's it's always worthwhile um, being a sports reporter on weekends like that. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. Lots to read in the press uh, today and throughout the week. Um, lots to talk about, as I say, on this pod. Well, let's start with Alex Scott, Gareth. Um, you got the sense, I mean, you mentioned it um, uh, in the middle of last week, that kind of looking at Bournemouth's social media channels, that... Um, that something might be about to happen on on that front, and uh, and yeah, so it proved come two o'clock on Saturday afternoon when the uh, the teams were announced for their game against Wolves. Yeah, and it was great to see him in in a starting eleven. You know, you sort of coming back from quite a long term injury, sort of relatively long term for Alex because he's never really sort of been out for more than a couple of weeks. Um, you just got the impression that his first appearance for the Cherries might be sort of like perhaps ten fifteen minutes at the end of a game somewhere, but. For him to get to get a start immediately was just was just fantastic news, and um, it was it was great to see him sort of like uh, heavily involved in their goal as they took the lead against Wolves and led at half time. But unfortunately, things went awry after the break when uh, Wolves found an equaliser very early on, and then um, Lewis Cook was unfortunately shown a straight red card for for Bournemouth. I he's sort of since admitted it was he he deserved the red card. Um, it was for a, an altercation. Uh, violent conduct it was it was one of those one of those wasn't it it's all so pointless it's one of those yeah. where where he's only ever going to get a red card for what he did but you just look at it and you just oh. yeah <laughs> um and then um i think it was it was always due to be that alex was never going to play more than say an hour and i think he got taken off just a couple of minutes later he was already on a yellow card as well which um probably heightened the uh heightened that uh call for him to come off but uh to get 57 minutes on a premier league debut having been out for sort of the best part of Two months, perhaps. Well, more than two months, I think. Um, it's great, but just yeah, let's hope he can build from there, and we see him regularly now. Well, that's it. I mean, we, we sort of been used to seeing him at Bristol City getting top billing. Um, now he's at Bournemouth. It was quite nice to see how much attention he got. Obviously, that you know they've made a pretty slow start. It's fair to say, haven't they, to the season? So. You know, there, there, there is clearly they're putting a lot of faith in him and a lot of hope in him that, that he might be kind of the spark or one of the sparks that can turn it around. Well, yeah, they they haven't had much luck with their summer signings because um, Tyler Adams, who was bought from Leeds, um, is actually just been ruled out, I think, until at least February now. So, you know, he was supposed to be another midfield um, sort of ace up their sleeves along with Alex. So they haven't had either of those two available until um, Alex returned on or came into the side on, on Saturday. So... Um, yeah, they they haven't had much luck so far, but hopefully um, his presence in that midfield will help spur them on. He, he certainly, um, from what I saw the, of the highlights on match of the day, he, he was getting involved pretty heavily. You know, they, the the goal came basically from the goalkeeper rolling it out to Alex on the half turn. He um, drove forward to halfway and then uh, sprung the attack, which led to um, Dominic Solanke's well-taken goal. And um, yeah, you just get the impression just even by that sort of uh, passage of play that he will be heavily involved in in what they're looking to do throughout the season. For you, Gareth, you've been in this game longer than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which game? <laughs> uh, what was it like for you seeing uh, a Guernseyman on Match of the Day uh, playing in the Premier League? 
Um, it's just a it's just a really proud moment. You sort of like um, you're watching the match, or you're watching the, the program as I do pretty much every Saturday. And then all of a sudden, surprised to be back. I know, yeah, <laughs> being an Ever- Evertonian, I try to <laughs> miss it as much as possible. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it was just it, it is a surreal experience when all of a sudden you see this this lad who we've had in our podcast, you know, just a couple of years ago, and. Um, who you sort of just still generally see occasionally around Blanche Pierre Lane or Foots Lane. You still, you'll be walking along, all of a sudden Alex Scott's walking past you and you don't really think an awful lot of it. But then there again, Saturday primetime TV, there he is sort of playing in the top flight of English football. And as you say, Tony, sort of like quite a lot of is expected of him. Obviously, he's got quite a, a hefty price tag. Uh, although in this day and age, I, I still think they've got a bit of a bargain there, Bournemouth, to be honest. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, hopefully it's something we're going to have to get used to over the, the next, I don't know, decade or so that Alex will be sort of featuring regularly on uh, on Match of the Day and, and such programmes as he can, continues his career. But uh, it was also interesting to see, I thought, where Bournemouth played him was perhaps more in the role he's perhaps been playing for England under 20s when he's played there. It wasn't quite as advanced as he has been for, for Bristol City. So it'd be interesting to see um, how um, the Cherries opt to use him going forward. Yeah, and the manager was pretty positive about his contribution, um, you know, we spoke about it when he was appointed and, and when, when um, Alex went to Bournemouth that, that uh, you know, there was an element of risk, but it was, you know, it was seen as quite an exciting appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he obviously he needs Alex to come through and, and deliver something because, um, yeah, he's, I wouldn't say he's running on borrowed time just yet, but there is, you know, there's a lot of chat, isn't there, around him? There is. And uh, it's quite interesting today. I've been looking on the um, Bournemouth Echo website that uh, Gary O'Neill, who was, of course, the Bournemouth manager who kept him up last year and is now manager of Wolves, having, having uh, parted company with the Cherries because they wanted to get Andoni Iraola in. Um, he obviously went and, and won on Saturday at the Vitality, but he, he has since actually said that a lot of the players who have been brought into Bournemouth, they were already on their radar. It was it was people that the club were looking to bring in. So you get the impression that uh, Alex was obviously on their wish list, whoever their manager was. But now that uh, the new manager is in and, and has worked with Alex in training only in the last few weeks, I suppose, um, they obviously see his quality and they will build uh, a lot of their play around him. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how much he's involved over the next few weeks because, well, the next sort of two or three weeks, because um, Bournemouth host Burnley um, this Saturday, which will be a massive game mm-hmm. at the bottom of the table. And then the three games after that, um, Liverpool go to the Vitality in the League Cup um, and then Bournemouth go to Man City and then host Newcastle. Um, and uh, as a Newcastle fan, I can tell you, we're absolutely flying at the moment. So uh, that's going to be, uh, well, four very, very tasty games coming up. I know that was the one great thing about Everton beating Bournemouth early in the season was that Alex wasn't playing. So I didn't have split loyalties on that day. Um, you'll have a lot of split loyalties when they play Newcastle in a few weeks. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, just so cool to see uh, to see him involved in um, yeah on a Premier League pitch, and and just awesome overall for Guernsey football that you know this weekend we had uh, you know Alex uh, involved uh, with Bournemouth on Saturday, and then Maya um, playing for Man United on Sunday with a big win um, before she joins. Bring that one in, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Who are they playing, Tony? <laughs> Very convincing victory at Everton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've actually got the assistant she for the first goal in that one and then um, yeah joining up with the Lionesses um, probably today I think uh, ahead of two games against Belgium in the Nations League this week um, so they host Belgium and then go there 
um, which will be two really big games for Lionesses because um, this is uh, with the Nations League, the first women's version of that competition, but it also means um, it also serves as a qualifying tournament for the Olympics next year. So, um, you know, how cool it would be um, to see well, England there, but but certainly Mayor at the Olympic Games. Yeah, and um, the great thing is Aurelia now starting flights direct between Guernsey and Paris, so you'll be looking to get on those, won't you, Tony, next summer? <laughs> I definitely will. Don't have to be anywhere to stay or sit, but yeah. I'll, uh, Take yeah. a tent with you, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if Mayor uh, or I make it over there. <laughs> Watch this space. Welcome back. As we said at the start, lots uh, to chat about. Let's go on to GFC because that was a pretty remarkable afternoon for them on Saturday. Um, going into the game away at Hamworth Villa, they'd lost eight in a row. Um, a ninth defeat would have been a club record um, run of defeats for the uh, Green Lions. So um, yeah, clearly they wanted to avoid that. Clearly they wanted to pick up a point or three. Um, having gone, well, 3-0 down and then 4-2 down, um, you thought kind of all hope was lost. But somehow they fought back to uh, snatch a four-all draw right at the death. Um, Matt Loring with two of the goals, including the penalty um, to equalise um, with just minutes to spare. Um, either side of, uh, well, two goals from... Sort of super veterans, Dave Merrison, <laughs> Ryan C.K. Black. Um, so, uh, yeah, fantastic to see the Green Lions halt that run of defeats. Um, Harry Jones, our colleague, was on commentary um, for the club and uh, joined me and Gareth um, a little earlier on to tell us about what he saw. Yeah, uh, it was an absolutely crazy game. Um, obviously, Hamworth Villa went 2-0 up initially and then and then 3-0 up with that absolute wonder goal. Probably the best goal I've ever commentated on, to be honest. Um and yeah, to be honest, I thought I thought we were going to get beat like six, seven nil at that point because they were pretty much flying. But then we obviously got one back before the break, and Dave Merris scored an absolute beauty. And then I thought, you know, maybe game on it. And then Sam Merson, it was Paul Merson's son, the guy who scored uh, the two wonder goals for them. He went and scored another beauty, and then somehow he clawed it back. And I mean, the heavens just opened towards the end. So it was just you know just utter chaos everywhere. And then got that pen. And yeah, got so pleased for the boys getting the point, but absolutely ridiculous game to commentate on. Yeah, looking back at the highlights, I thought you were gonna. Well, I was sort of waiting for your voice to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> You're sounding very yeah. hoarse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was struggling. I was struggling anyway. I had, a, I had a sore throat, and I thought, yeah, after you know a couple of those, a couple of those wonder goals, I thought I was in trouble. But <laughs> uh, it wasn't a big Friday night then. Yeah, yeah, that was, it, was my, it was my birthday last week, so um, yeah, I was definitely in a bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was it was amazing. It was yeah, very nice to see going to get a point on the board after you know so many games in a row of just seeing us lose. Yeah, what was the turning point for you um, as far as GFC's performance was concerned? I mean, where did they find that comeback from? <laughs> I think it was I think it was almost that first goal just before the break gave a lot of confidence because. I mean, there was a few weeks ago, I think it was away at Thatcham, we were 2-0 down. We got a goal back before the break and I thought, oh, maybe after half-time we'll get some momentum here and and push on. But that didn't happen at all in that game. But this time, got that goal before half-time. Still a couple of goals down, but to be honest, I thought the lads in the second half were, were just so much better. They looked so much more comfortable. And to be honest, Hamworth didn't really have anything apart from that wonder goal from Merson. Bar that, they didn't really threaten us too much. And then Dave Merritt scored that goal, which was just fantastic. Uh, and then, you know, as soon as they went 4-2 up, we kicked on straight away and made it 4-3 to give us a chance. Then after that, nothing really happened until added time. To be honest. I thought I thought Hamworth were just going to hang on and 
get the win without really getting, you know, without having any real clear-cut chances. But thankfully, thankfully got that goal. It was an amazing corner in. And I don't even know what happened for the penalty, to be honest. No one really knew in the stands. I was getting some people on the right of me were saying it's a pen. Some people were saying it's a free kick the other way for a handball. So didn't really know what happened. But thankfully, yeah, got the pen. But yeah, I think it was just a game of two halves. In the second half, we, we, we honestly deserved something, I think, because they were, they were quite open and we played very well. Yeah, I think judging by watching the highlights, Harry, that for the penalty, I think one of the, the Hamworth guys on the line was deliberately trying to sort of um, con the referee by celebrating once the keeper had it in his hands, but the referee wasn't having any of it as, as he pointed to the spot. I, th- I mean, it, like you say, it is, it's very hard to tell because it's such a melee going on. Um, that it must have sort of um, been clear and obvious to those near the goal because all the GFC guys went up for a handball and the, and the referee was sort of like pretty adamant that there was a hand in it. But yeah, it was definitely very hard to see oh it was yeah i honestly couldn't see a thing from the stands to be honest but yeah yeah very luckily that very luckily was a was a penalty i'll have to watch it back and actually see exactly what happened because i'm still not not sure myself but yeah you know you know must have been a clear handball thankfully after the decisions and the sort of the bad luck that that gfc have been on the receiving end of i think tony fence would have given up after that if hadn't been given but thankfully it was and um yeah such an important point i mean how um yeah what was the celebrations like at the end was it was it sort of real palpable sense of relief oh yeah yeah it was fantastic when i was speaking to vance on the phone a few hours ago and he was just saying you know it felt to everyone like a moral victory they were celebrating like a win after coming from three nil down um yeah i mean all the players were just sort of you know hugging each other at full time there was like a nice big huddle everyone absolutely buzzing that They'd, you know, they'd worked so hard and got the point because, you know, as you said, like last few weeks, there's been so many games where just the luck's gone against us. So I think it was Marlow a few weeks ago was an offside goal, to 1-0 loss and things like that. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, just speaking to Vance and seeing what he's saying, it's just, he's saying, you know, it's about time they had a bit of luck because there's been so many things going against them and it's been such a tough run. And I think, yeah, like, you know, as you said, relief was the main feeling. The players had worked so hard that game to fight back. And I think the spirit... And hopefully that will be a turning point for all the lads because, you know, everything's been going against us. And now we finally had it go our way. They never gave up and they got their reward with a point in the end. And they were they just looked so buzzing with it. Everyone in the stands was so buzzing with it as well. It was a really nice moment, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. If they had lost that game, was it going to be a new club record or something for consecutive defeats? Which I think, like you say, Harry, for this group of players, that would have actually been really harsh because I've I've watched GFC in sort of like previous years where where they've gone through bad spells and they've actually been playing badly, and you can understand why they've been losing games. Whereas this this season, to say they've only got four points so far is is not really reflecting of how they've been playing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I fully agree. I think uh, the, a lot of the home games have been really close um, and they've just, just about come out on the wrong side of it a couple of times and then away from home as well. I mean, I've actually haven't, I don't think I've only commented on sort of three or four this season. There was the Faction one, which in fairness, we were soundly beaten that day. But then Chipstead the other week, it was a, it was a Tuesday night game and I mean, Chipstead was sort of seventh, eighth in the league and we played really well. We were one all for most of the game. Then Matt Loring hit the post with an absolute, like, such a good strike from sort of 25 yards out inside of the post and it comes out. They went the other end straight away and scored. We ended up losing 4-1. And it's like, you come out of it thinking, well, we played really well here. Like, that wasn't... Because I've commented so many GFC games in the past where it's just felt like we've been battered and, you know, we've lost 4-5, 5 5-0. And it's felt like you know, we were miles off it today. But, I mean, that game like that against one of the best, you know, one of the best sides in the league final playoffs. And we'd lost 4-1, but it's like... We played really well. We were absolutely matching them. We could have 
we could have easily, easily got something out of that game. It just goes against us. So, yeah, as you know, as you said, it would have been. I think it would have been the record lost in a row. But no, I fully agree. I don't really know how we're on only four points from from all that run. So I think it was it was just such a long time coming on Saturday that you know they managed to turn it around and get that point because it's something that they really, really needed and just to get that rub of the green. So thankfully, it came. Yeah, and they've got a chance to build on that on Saturday. Um, Metropolitan Police uh, coming to Foots Lane. Uh, Met Police just one place above the green lines in the table. Um, third from bottom. Um, yeah, GFC second from bottom. Binfield actually got a point at the weekend. They're bottom. So uh, yeah, the, the point for GFC keeping them off the bottom of the table. Um, yeah, so an opportunity on Saturday. Harry, you're not going to be there. You're up in Alderney with Wreck. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah, get, get, get your caps in so that you can uh, get that Prio medal at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> the way Rex, the way the way Rex Locks are going with midfielder injuries, Harry, I'd, I'd sort of wrap yourself up in cotton wool <laughs> on the flight over. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I know we're def- definitely struggling for numbers a little bit, but that's it. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you'll be. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll appreciate your input uh, in the midfield. Very well, uh, yeah, Harry, thanks so much for sparing some time. We'll catch you soon. Lovely. Thanks for having me. Harry Jones speaking to us there. Gareth, um, yeah, I mean, we watched the goals uh, just before. A remarkable array of goals, quite honestly. They are absolutely astonishing goals. Pretty much all of them on the day. Um, the, the goal that gave Hamworth the lead was, it seems a bit sort of lucky, but I mean, poor Josh Addison couldn't do anything with it. It's, it lobbed over his head. I don't think it was what was in, initially intended. But every goal after that, I mean, the, the second goal was an extraordinary sort of it should be a diving header, but it's actually a diving shoulder, I think. It comes off and loops in. And then, um, yeah, as, as Harry said, uh, Paul Merson's son, Sam, hit an absolute screamer of a volley, sort of a sliced volley. Such a nice it's, it's a Yeah, it's a beautifully sort of executed goal. And then his free kick that made it 4-2... It's obvious. I mean, the way the video is, you don't quite see what's happening in the box before he hits it. But he obviously probably saw Josh Addison off his line because you wouldn't expect anyone to try their luck from. I mean, he's literally only a couple of yards inside the centre or just outside the centre circle. So he's probably a good sort of 40 yards away from goal. And it's an absolute perler straight into the top corner. Um, but yeah, Dave Merris's first ever goal for GFC is one he'll never forget. It was an absolute pile driver from 30 yards. And then Ryan Zico Black hits a, a sumptuous half volley from the edge of the box, which um, flies in as well. It's just, <laughs> it's an, it seems an absolutely extraordinary game. Funny enough, I bumped into Dave at the shop at lunchtime. Uh, he won't mind me saying, I'm sure. Um, but he said he only realised how far out he was when he watched it back on the highlights. <laughs> he said he, he normally, or uh, well, next time, we'll probably just chip it to the back post. Well, you could, he you, was you, a long way out. It was a long way out. You can just imagine as he was lining it up, you could probably hear Tony Vance in the background shouting no, probably. It was one of those that is so far out that you don't really expect him to have a pop, but it, he caught it so sweet. I mean, there was no goalkeeper was going to stop it. And uh, yeah, and, and Zico, he hadn't scored since apparently April 2018 for GFC and his was a, another cracker as well. It was just uh, an extraordinary afternoon. I mean, eight goals and eight in their own way, very memorable goals yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, Josh Addison probably kind of sat on the plane on the way back and wondered how he conceded four because yeah. they're, they're all and almost like almost all of them or we've had all four he's sort of he's made to look slightly kind of not out of fault but he's, it's like he's been caught out but it's almost like nothing he could have done about no, any I, of them I don't think I don't think you could put him at fault for no. any I mean the that like I say the, the, the free kick scored against him he, he was probably expecting a, a lobbed ball in for perhaps a big centre-back or something like that. And so he might have been caught out by the shot, but the shot is so good that you wonder if, it, if you'd have told him that Sam Merson was about to shoot, 
would he have even been able to save it anyway? Probably not. To be honest, yeah. it was that good a shot. Uh, well, as far as the uh, GFC goal scorers are concerned, uh, the GFC stats uh, Twitter account, wondering whether that might be a record for average age of goal scorers in one match <laughs> um, with ZK, Dave Maris, and, and I suppose two for, for Matty. For the youngster, Matt Laura. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's pretty much near enough Guernsey's record appearance holder now, isn't he? And, uh, so, But he's still the youngster, and, I, and I'm delighted for him because I think whenever I've seen GFC this season, he's been outstanding. He's been really really good he's sort of stepped up to the plate as a senior player to um to sort of try and get some points on the board they've obviously been playing pretty well and it's a bit of a shame they haven't got more points so far but I, th- I think Matt's been been a real shining light for GFC so far this season and great for him to, to score two very important goals and uh yeah his penalty was sort of calmness personified to be honest considering what was at stake really yeah serious nerve shown there as you said chatting to harry um a big game for the green lions this saturday um met police coming to foot's lane um, for a two o'clock kickoff all, all the uh, puns <laughs> i'm trying to think of yeah, yeah, you're going to go to town, I think, aren't you, on, uh, on Saturday? <laughs> well, it reminds me of the great uh, story that uh, Danny Baker once told on his radio show that he, he asked for people to um, send in names which were uh, um, funny names of players in their teams because the Met Police once had a bloke called Crook score for them. <laughs> he found that hilarious. and. It just, uh, yeah, there's going to be some some interesting lines, I'm sure, coming out this weekend. Yeah, look forward to seeing it. Um, right, we'll talk uh, GFC women in a minute, but first let's just reflect back on what happened on Friday night because you were down at Corbett Field for the first Grand Fort derby of the season, and it was a, a big one. Still very early in the season, of course, but um, Vail Rec and North, the, the top two sides in the Prio, um, potentially looking like they'll be uh, you know, the sides leading the way in the mix, obviously along with Rovers. Um, but yeah, a quite interesting game on the night. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it really was. I mean, Grandfoot Road derbies are always full of passion, anyway. But when it's the when the two are holding the top two in the uh, positions in the table, it just gives it that extra spice. And um, uh, you know, th- I thought things might be going against Valrec um, when sort of like the teams come out. And having seen the team sheets, they'd already made one change because <laughs> Danny Ozan had picked up an injury in the warm up. And Luke Godion, who wasn't even supposed to start and probably wasn't even going to really going to taste any action because he didn't feel probably fit enough yet. He's only just returned to training, ended up playing the full 90 minutes and he scored the opening goal. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those games which sort of played out to Valrec's strengths, really, because um, North had a lot more possession, which I'm sure Rec were probably expecting. Um, but they... North just didn't have a cutting edge about their play. You know, they're obviously missing um, Carl Smith, who's currently injured. Um, and they they couldn't make their possession count early on. They the better side probably for the first 10 minutes or so. Um, but then Valrec started to show their threat on the break. Um, but the goal came out of nothing, really. It was sort of like 20 minutes in. And Luke Godion, just on because with the surface being damp and pretty slick, I imagine both coaches probably said to their players before they went out, you know, it's worth trying your luck in, in these conditions. It's going to be difficult for goalkeepers. Um, but his shot, I'm sure Leroy O'Reilly knows he should have saved it. But to give uh, Leroy his, his due, I suppose, he struggled throughout the evening with injury. He only played 70 minutes in the end and he never looked right. He always looked uncomfortable in whatever he was doing. So... Um, it was one of those that it was unfortunate for him, but um, yeah, Luke Godion's goal gave Rec a lead, which they maintained till half time. And um, it just it really played into their hands. It's the way they like to play, that they can hit the teams on the counter attack. And um, second half, 
North had a really good chance right at the start of the half. Craig Young put in a cracking cross and Brandon Wallace did well to meet it, but he actually, he almost got too much on it and he stood it beyond the far post as, as he, as he um, connected. Um, and after that, um, they didn't really create a huge amount until late on, by which time um, uh, Jacob Marston Pipe had scored Valrex second on a really well-worked counter-attack. And uh, yeah, Marlon Jardim, who had been named September Player of the Month before the game, uh, finished things off with a, with a crack, uh, cracking just breakaway goal uh, late on, really composed finish as you'd expect from him. Um, so yeah, um, 3-0 perhaps doesn't tell the whole story of the game because possession and territory-wise, North probably just about had the edge. But yeah, that front three of Valrec have shown how good they are already this season on several occasions and and they show just the, the threat they pose again on, on Friday night. Yeah, so Rec, the only unbeaten side left in the Prio. Um, they're three points clear of St. Martins. Let's hear what their coach, Mark Rummel, had to say to you at full time. Congratulations, mate. Thank uh, you. Really good win, obviously, on the on the scoreline. What were your assessment of the performance? Oh, it was a tough game. That no, was tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, North, good side. Um, they kept the ball really well. Um, I just, you know, it's just I just said to the guys, you know, that was just about desire. Um, they kept their shape as best they could, but it was the, it was just desire. The tackles that went in, you know, there's no one. You know, this team have been questioned in the past, you know, in terms of their attitude. You know, what a difference they are now. You know, I mean, they are they will one gets beat and the next one is in. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, as, from a performance point of view, we can be better than that. Uh, I thought we were good on the counter. You know, we scored three goals on the counter. You know, um, but yeah, it's tough. It's a hard game. They, you know, North are a good side. They keep the ball well. So, yeah. And you had things go against you as well. I mean, I got the team sheet to start of the game. You had a yeah. Danny Ozan on it. He didn't start. Yeah. Cody on had to come in sort of yeah. late notice. Yeah. And obviously he lost Keanu as well. But he managed to um, get through those um, um, setbacks. And Luke obviously gave you the, the lead as well. Well, Luke Cody on this morning said that he was not even going to get through the warm-up. Um, and I'm sick of talking about people being injured. I'm sure everyone else is fed up with me talking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're down to the bare bones every game. Um, and we get a couple back and then we get a couple more injured. And But that's just the way it is. It's, it's the same for everyone but um yeah i mean but that's what you got to deal with you know you, you've just got to you know we've got players that can play in multi-positions and they just have to do it you know they have to come in and do a job yeah, yeah. um and like you said i mean second half wise i actually thought you'd manage the game quite well i mean you're perhaps perhaps fortunate to be one up at the break you know level would have perhaps been fair at the break but yeah manage the game really well second half no absolutely and, and for the first 20 you know Mouts and i were saying you know we're just getting pinned here we can't we can't wait for this for 45 50 minutes because we're just you know we're just never going to keep them out because we couldn't find a way out we couldn't get any sort of control and then uh you know gradually we started like playing a little bit higher up the pitch started keeping the ball a little bit better but we're just a, it's just the threat on the counter you know i think the more north have to you know come and try to get that equaliser get the goal it just means they're a little bit more vulnerable at the back and that's what we took advantage of in the end yeah i'll ask you again then as i did off the rovers statement win uh four games four wins it's a good start yeah but you know there's what 17 games yeah. left i mean it's four it's four games right you know it's that's all it is it's a good start yeah but like i said off that one just keep momentum going eh? that's a big thing well yeah exactly that's what we've got to do you know like, like you know we just focus as soon as this game's finished they'll enjoy a pint now and then it will be focused completely on Aldney next week you know and that was every game's a challenge you know you go away to Aldney and you just you know you just cannot let your um the ball drop you know you have to focus on every team you play there's not one game that you can turn up and just think you're going to win so it's Full focus, absolutely. Mark Rommel speaking to you there, Gareth. Uh, elsewhere, some well eye-catching scorelines, notably at um, 
at St. Peter, where St. Martin's beat Sylvan's 7-3, uh, having been 2-0 up at half-time. So, um, yeah, quite a game there. Well, yeah, they were a couple up, and then Sylvan's had uh, Nick Batty's uh, the goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper, sent off before half-time as well. So Sylvan's always had, a, had the uphill battle in the second half, and uh, Saints made the most of their man advantage, and that's a, a really good result for them, which actually takes them up to second in the table on, on goal difference. Yeah, good stuff from Saints there. Um, Rangers, two one-winners over Bells. Um, so yeah Rangers um, starting to get going and uh, Rovers won their winners up in Alderney um, so uh, yeah that's uh, how things went down in the Prio League this weekend um, coming up Bells host North Alderney host Rec um, Sylvans go to Rangers and it is Saints against Rovers so watch out for more coverage of that in the paper later this week um, right let's finish uh, today's show by talking about the Green Lionesses because they're already back in action after that fabulous um, debut outing against Corinthian Casuals um, a couple of weeks ago um, they go to Bognor Regis Town in the next round of the Isthmian League Cup on Wednesday night so uh, yeah a, a very quick opportunity to build on that yeah that fantastic win um, in their inaugural fixture and um, well to look ahead to it um, I was joined a little earlier on in our pod studio here at the Guernsey Press by um, their coach Anna Govine yeah, there's been a real buzz in training and with everybody around football has just been congratulating us and they're so happy that we've had some success so soon, really. Um, getting away and having the first game was a little bit nervous and exciting, but um, once we were over there and the girls in the first couple of minutes started playing, we were like, actually, you know, this is really good, really good fun and... Yeah, the girls really put on a performance. Yeah, it was about as good a start, I think, as you could have hoped for. What was the whole experience like for, for the squad? I mean, uh, obviously, so travelling um, traveling over, you know, not not much time in the day to kind of prepare, I guess, for that one and, um, and sort of straight into it. Did you, did you feel like they all handled it well? Yeah, they did handle it really well. I was a little bit of hanging around at, at the airport once we got to Gatwick, but that was great for them to sit and relax and have something to eat um, and bus ride down to um corinthians wasn't too long so it's um yeah they had their music on a bit of chatter going on but once we were there no they were really focused and yeah it was a good experience getting away as a, a group yeah fantastic and you're going to be doing it again on wednesday night off to bognor regis town this time um in the next round of the Eastman league cup um yeah just <laughs> give us a sense of the the build up to that one for you guys um it's obviously come pretty quickly after the last one um i suppose they'll be raring to go yeah they're raring to go and um, in a way it's quite nice to be straight into another game um on the back of uh success the other week but um that's what we're in GFC four, we want to play matches. Um, had there not been another round of the cup, then we would have been looking for other fixtures. So, um, yeah, it's it's great to have another competitive game, meaningful as well. You could then set up an, another round, and that would be even better. But yeah, if not, it's just getting the giving the girls the opportunity to play really. And um, yeah, I think this probably will be a, a little bit more of a challenge for us, but one that everybody's up for. Yeah, have you been able to find out much about the opposition? Um, not really, a little bit on, in the unknown again, but um, I th all we really know is that they're a league above Corinthians, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll go over and concentrate on our game like we did last um, time out and see what the girls can do. How does the squad compare from, from that Corinthians game for, for Wednesday? Yeah, it's pretty similar. Um, everybody want, wanted to come. Um, we've got 
Lindsay's fortunately unavailable, but Steph Batty's comes in as a, a fine replacement for Lindsay. And uh, yeah, we've got a couple more coming um, just to boost up the numbers in the squad. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a very similar team that will be um, competing as they did the other week. Yeah, and how much confidence will they have taken from that performance? And I mean, uh, have you seen it in training already that, that that's given them a real boost? Yeah, I think, um, well, especially those girls that scored, I think it just gives them the confidence to, to go out and give it another go. But defensively, we were strong. Um, with Vicky coming in at the back, she really helps um, boost the communication and, and leadership from there with Candice um, and Donna in midfield. They, they all played a part and it was really pleasing to see in training on uh, yesterday. Uh, everybody's just talking a lot more was the communication is good because they've grown in confidence already just from one success so that can only get even better really yeah awesome and what about for you guys as coaches I mean yeah obviously it went so well in that game against Corinthians um, but yeah what did you learn from the experience and uh, you know and it, is it a big confidence booster for you guys as well yeah, I mean, we're absolutely buzzing for the girls and for us as well. Just um, the things that they've been doing in training, it's just really pleasing for them to put them into a game environment. And again, there were messages yesterday for them and seeing them put that into practice in training, it's yeah, it's seeing if they can then go and do that on Wednesday night. We were aware that the Bognorigis coach was down watching our game against Corinthians, so... They're saying to the girls, okay, that's what worked in that game. Now we might need to do something a little bit differently and yeah, ch different challenges will come in this game and they just got to take a bit of ownership on the pitch as well. But um, yeah, it's been a really great last 10 days. Yeah, because obviously you had the opportunity uh, earlier in the summer or the start of the summer with the Marathi and then Island Games. Do, do, do you have a very clear vision for how you want your side to play? It's changed a little bit since Marathi and Island Games and I think we just wanted to be a little bit more exciting and see if we can be a little bit more um, positive in our performance. So, you know, we got the basics out with the girls over the Marathi and um, the Island Games, but now it's like, actually, can we go and do this? And we know we've got um, another way to play if we need to, but I think the girls showed last week that um, they can do it and actually kind of being a little bit more attacking, a little bit more positive um, going forward, then it just brings a bit of a spark to the team and a bit more excitement. So we'll see that where, where that takes us. But um, yeah, every game's different, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and the club have announced that, that this one is being streamed and, and shown um, in Marvin's Bar uh, down at the Aztec Centre, which is, uh, yeah, I guess brings another another little bit of extra excitement to the whole occasion. Are you hoping that there'll be a good turnout down there? Yeah, um, it is really exciting and um, yeah, it's really pleasing that the club have been able to, to do that for us because um, everybody talking to us about the Twitter updates the other week and things, they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's a shame it wasn't live streamed. So I think that's given the club the incentive to do it. There has been a lot of talk and the girls that aren't travelling with us that have been training and it'll be really nice for them to be able to sit and watch um, and yeah, lots of family and friends and other supporters. So yeah, should should be good. Yeah, now the ball's kind of uh, you know rolling really for GFC women. Um, have you started to sort of think 
sort of medium longer term now i mean is there is there a, a real vision for for the what sort of next year and 18 months might look like it's kind of starting to form yeah i think um things haven't changed i think we've still got um some ambition to be in a league hopefully next season um what we have realized in the last month or so is that the girls are coming through the academy and starting to join in with our training so we know that in the next year 18 months we're going to have some youngsters joining us um to be involved in the squad and the traveling squad and we went away um to corinthians with uh gracia and emily pike and they weren't involved in the island games marathi they'd been training and they came on and they they did really really well so for the youngsters that have been training they've seen that and i think hopefully um that just secures what we're going to do and know that we've got these girls coming through yeah there is a kind of uh, yeah a next generation already ready to um to take their spot so uh, no well that's really fantastic to hear um thanks for coming in and telling us about it we'll be uh, watching on wednesday night and yeah. wish you all the best yeah, it's great thanks a lot Anna Govine speaking to me there. Um, yeah, very best of luck um, to GFC women on Wednesday night. Um, another chance um, in the Espen League Cup and how fantastic it would be if they could uh, could get through um, that one. Bognor Regis, um, a, a league above Corinthian casual. So, um, yeah, be expecting a sterner test. And as we said in the interview there, um, the uh, club are going to be streaming it. Um, GFC will be streaming it on their Facebook uh, channel and also showing it in Marvin's Bar at the Aztec Centre. So, um, yeah, get down. Uh, and support if you can um, right I think that's just about it from us this week Gareth have we missed anything I don't think so I'll, I'll, I'll reserve my judgement on Craig Paulson from the weekend <laughs> <laughs> uh, right let's leave it there um, we'll be back next Monday with another Guernsey Press Football Podcast in the meantime do make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast to get every episode delivered straight to you um, our thanks uh, as ever to Rehoy and Son for backing the show and um, yeah we'll see you next time cheers Danny cheers Danny